What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, October 7th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we are announcing our plan to put a plexiglass barrier around the entire White House. Yeah, out of an abundance of caution, a hundred few sheets of plexiglass is the least we could do. Yeah, if you can please social distance from the White House by a thousand feet, that is actually the public health recommendation we're getting. On today's show, a conversation with Jamie Harrison on his race to unseat Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, then some headlines. But first, the latest. It cannot be that after all this country has been through, after all that America has accomplished, after all the years we have stood as a beacon of light to the world, it cannot be that here and now in 2020, we will allow the government of the people, by the people and for the people to perish on this earth. That was Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden giving a speech in Gettysburg yesterday as he continues to campaign in key states across the country. He also talked about how tackling the pandemic is not a red state or blue state issue, which co-signed. Meanwhile, in D.C., President Trump, still back at the White House, tweeted that he was, quote, feeling great and wanted to participate in the next planned presidential debate on October 15th. Biden responded that the debate shouldn't take place if Trump is still positive at that point. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of Trump's other posts from yesterday, in which he claimed again that the flu was deadlier than COVID-19, was taken down by Facebook due to a violation of sharing misinformation. And the number of positive cases in and around Trump and the Capitol continues to rise. That is right. Yesterday, Trump's advisor, Stephen Miller, also was confirmed to have tested positive. Hmm. General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, as well as other top U.S. military leaders are reportedly quarantining after a top Coast Guard official tested positive. That's according to a Defense Department official. There are so many cases being identified, it is hard to truly scratch the surface. A lot of reporters were talking about how the Capitol and the White House felt like ghost towns with no one really working there. And there were pictures circulating of a cleanup crew in full protective gear sanitizing the press area, looking like characters in Arrival, kind of. The outbreak has even become a broader cause for concern throughout the rest of Washington, D.C., And then in addition to all of this, Trump tweeted yesterday that he will no longer negotiate with Democrats on any further economic relief bill prior to the election and that the economy is, quote, doing very well. But Trump's tweet came just hours after the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, once again said that more stimulus is needed to assist the economic recovery and avoid, quote, tragic economic consequences. Following Trump's tweet, the stock markets fell, and later in the day, he put out another tweet among a torrent of others that seemed to undercut his first one about the stimulus. So another day in paradise. 
Yeah, we love to get conflicting information from him all day long. Well, (laughs) we should also mention that Biden again tested negative for COVID yesterday. And Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence are going forward with their debate tonight because nothing makes sense. If you want to watch along with us, head over to crooked.com slash debate. And if you don't want to watch, I understand. Uh, We'll have a recap for you tomorrow. But moving on to another election, the South Carolina Senate race where Jamie Harrison, who is the former state Democratic Party chair and the first black man to hold that position, is running against Lindsey Graham. According to a recent poll, Harrison and Graham are tied. A loss for Graham would be a huge upset in a state that usually goes red. And there's a lot at stake. Harrison hopes to help Democrats take back the Senate so they can pass additional coronavirus relief legislation and so that he can personally kick Lindsey Graham off of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which Graham chairs and is currently using to rush Amy Coney Barrett onto the Supreme Court. Gideon and I spoke to Harrison yesterday about his race, his vision for South Carolina, the court, and everything else in the news. So here's our conversation. Jamie Harrison, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Uh, so I want to just get into it. If you win it uh, this November, when? You know, what do you hope to... Yeah, win, win. That's right. <laughs> what, what do you hope to do first in the Senate? And what would it mean, you know, at this current moment to defeat Senator Graham as we approach these Supreme Court hearings that he's going to be in charge of? Yeah, well, you know, listen, I think it would be a tremendous statement for South Carolina. You, when you think about it, South Carolina was the first state to secede from the union, Right. Uh, and then we will become the very first state with two African-American senators serving at the same time. And the seat that I am vying for is the seat of Strom Thurmond. It was the seat of John C. Calhoun. It was the seat of a man called Ben Pitchfork Tillman, who would go to the floor of the U.S. Senate and talk about the joys of lynching of black folks. Um, and so that's that's the weight that this carries and the significance and what it'll mean is that, you know, we'll close the book on what I call the Old South and start a brand new book called The New South, one that is bold and inclusive and diverse. Um, and I think Lindsay is a relic of that Old South. Uh, you know, he, he mostly thinks that South Carolina had, you know, the good old days were behind us. I believe that the good days are ahead of us. Um, and so when I go to the U.S. Senate, what I want to do is figure out how we get move South Carolina from the top of all of the bad lists to get her to the top of all of the good lists. Uh, and so we've rolled out what I call my rural hope agenda. And it's an agenda to rebuild and revitalize rural communities in South Carolina, because part of the reason why we're, we're being drugged down as a state is because our rural communities have had historical disparities in healthcare and education, lack of infrastructure, uh, and economic opportunities. And so uh, we have this five-part plan to address many of those inequities and disparities faced in those communities. And and I believe that if we can do that, then, uh, you know, the sky is the limit for where we can go and what we can be. And I want to ask um, about some of the uh, stuff that's gone on in, the, in this race specifically. So one of the things that Senator Graham and Republicans have been doing uh, throughout the year, I think, is attempting to link you and Biden to the, you know, quote, radical left, which is a, a, a phrase that's that's thrown around so often. So the thing that always comes up for me is, are, are voters in the state actually leery of progressive Democrats? How do you talk to them about that terminology? And does it does it ever come up in conversations? Well, see, the thing is, I don't spend my much, much of my time talking about other folks. I talk about my values. And, mm-hmm. and it's important, I think, for all of us to demonstrate uh, and speak to the people individually about who we are. 
So, you know, Lindsey Graham likes to play this boogeyman politics. Uh, and, and, and where, you know, he thinks, well, I'm going to say liberal and I'm going to say this and Hillary Clinton, like, Ooh, you know, Hillary Clinton, right. It's like saying Mufasa or something, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> he thinks that's going to be enough to scare people because that was the dog whistle that uh, back in the day was enough, but yeah. people are, are hip to that game and they're fed up because in the end of the day, it was like, dude, what are you bringing home? What have you done for us? That old adage from Tip O'Neill that all politics are local is it, that's true. Like, what are you doing? You haven't done an in-person town hall in South Carolina in three years. But if I flip on my TV tonight, I see you right there with Sean Hannity. It mm-hmm. tells me what your values are. How are you addressing the fact that 38 percent of the rural communities in South Carolina don't have broadband? Is that an issue of Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton? No, because they don't represent us. You do, dude. So what are you doing to bring it back? So what I do all the time is I drill it right back. Are you doing your job? We have paid you over $5 million in your tenure in the United States Senate. Are you doing your job for us? Are you making, uh, earning the money that we are paying you? And And the answer is no. And so I, you will see in our next debate, just like the first debate, he won't defend his record because it's indefensible. Uh, he just hasn't done a good job. And so he may want to talk about Pelosi and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, AOC and everybody else. That is all noise. Because mm-hmm. the end of the day, it was Lindsey Graham who stood up and said, over our dead bodies, will we allow an extension of the unemployment benefit when 750,000 people in South Carolina are now unemployed? That wasn't Pelosi. That wasn't AOC. That wasn't Jamie. That was Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina. And so I'm going to do what he said. Use my words against me. I'm using them, Senator. And there you go. Eat that pie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, you know, this is a great time to talk about the Supreme Court confirmation process. Uh, Lindsey Graham said it's definitely going to move forward next week, despite senators who have tested positive for COVID. Uh, But in any case... What do you hope senators are going to ask Judge Barrett about in the hearings? You know, is there anything in particular that you feel South Carolinians really want? Yeah. You know, even before we get to the hearings, I just want to know why the urgency? Why not the urgency in in another bill for uh, to address COVID? The PPP dollar uh, program has expired. The the, uh, unemployment benefit has expired. But there is no urgency, none to address that. But oh, my God. You know, we got to get the Supreme Court thing done before, you know, everything blows up. No, people, people are dying right now. Businesses are shuttering for good. Yeah. Where is the urgency? Now, as it relates to Judge Barrett, listen, you know, my big thing is, and, and when I'm in the U.S. Senate, I'm going to give everybody a thorough uh, mm-hmm. consideration because that's what the Constitution says that I have to do. Um, I'm going to listen to everybody. But for me, the litmus is, are you going to roll back the civil rights of folks? Mm-hmm. Right. That's my big thing. And, and so that's the real important thing to me. And I think that's my big metric. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, on that relief bill, you know, we did hear that Trump doesn't want to even try to get a deal done before Election Day. You know, what's your reaction to that? And, you know, what do you think that Democrats can do to still try to push for this? Because, like you said, while we're waiting in the balance, you know, we're waiting in the balance. So someone's got to address this. Well, I I think the big thing is that ultimately the American people are just going to have to speak. I mean, there's nothing that House they have passed yet another bill after, you know, five months after the, the HEROES Act. 
And so in the end of the day, I think the American people through their votes will just have to speak out and say, you know what, we're done with this. We're done with the kicking the can down the road. We're done with you all not prioritizing our lives and, and our livelihoods. Uh, and now we're going to usher in new leadership to do just that. And uh, switching back to the Supreme Court quickly, um, you know, we talked about things that, that could be coming up. But earlier this week, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Republicans in South Carolina to reinstate that witness signature requirement for mail-in ballots. What do you make of that decision and it coming so close to Election Day now? Well, one, I think even to, to push this to the Supreme Court demonstrated feckless leadership. You know, we sent our sons and daughters overseas to fight for democracy for our nation, to protect our democracy and fight for democracy in other nations, for, for other folks to get the right to vote. But why in the world do we find every little mechanism that we can to prohibit people from voting in this country? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and so one of the things that I'm going to do when I get to Washington, D.C. as a United States senator, uh, uh, I'm going to tackle, I'm going to grab the bull by the horn on as it relates to voting. Because I believe that the greatest right we have as American citizens is our right to go uh, and express our thoughts at the ballot box. And mm -hmm. anybody that infringes upon that of any party or any position uh, needs to be dealt with uh, sufficiently. And that means severe criminal penalties for any political, uh, using political means in order to suppress voters from voting. Uh, that means purging people from voting rolls. Mm -hmm. That means uh, setting up you know, unnecessary roadblocks to, uh, to prohibit people from voting. Some folks, as my grandma used to say, some folks need to just go to jail for a little bit um, <laughs> so, that, so, that they so that they understand the severity of the situation. You don't take anybody's right to vote away because you can't. You, you, you don't have that power to do that. And we have to demonstrate that. And, and I'm going to make sure uh, one of the things that I work on is uh, getting that John Lewis Voting Rights Act up. But we're going to add some additional teeth to that Voting Rights Act to make sure that we make we criminalize and send some secretaries of state, of state to jail a little bit um, so that they understand the, the power of the right to vote. Well, Jamie, we really appreciate you taking the time. We know you're busy. Wishing you all the luck in the world. And thanks again for talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. That was South Carolina Democratic Senate candidate Jamie Harrison. If you want to donate to his race as well as other competitive Senate races this year, head over to votesaveamerica.com slash getmitch. And that's the latest. It's Wednesday Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about two major sets of honors announced yesterday, the first of the Nobel Prize winners and the MacArthur Genius Grant winners. So far, the Nobel winners are the doctors who discovered the hepatitis C virus and a group of physicists for their work on black holes. Among the 21 MacArthur Fellows were speculative fiction writer N.K. Jemisin and cultural theorist and poet Fred Moten. So, giddy. The MacArthur Genius Grant is $625,000 to do whatever art or science or work you want. If you got that money, what is one project you'd spend it on? Okay, so this is maybe a strange idea, but I would want to create a database for every person who's written something online or for like other print publications to be able to find their work, to be able to show people in the future. Because let's say if you work at like a website that 
uh, a vicious billionaire decides to just like arbitrarily shut down and then you don't have access to your work, it would really suck when you go and look for another job. So someplace kind of like a JSTOR type thing that would make it like searchable based on names where you could just see all of your clips and like the next time you have to show it to an employer, you don't have to like try to get into an old work email or something or talk to somebody at a place that no longer exists. Honestly, Gideon, <laughs> you're a MacArthur genius. That is a great idea. It makes all of that stuff easier. And, you know, and for people who are looking for jobs or like, you know, looking to change careers, I'm sure that that would be a, a helpful thing. So that that's really nice of you. Yeah. I, I hope that this doesn't already exist and we discover it when we stop recording. Um, but <laughs> that would just be something. It also could like apply to other works and things like that, videos, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But same question for you, Akila. You are given the $625,000. What are you doing? All right. So I had this idea a long time ago. So when winter starts creeping up and it's really dark in your house, and if you you know live in Brooklyn or somewhere else, maybe you're railroaded in and you don't have a lot of light, mm-hmm. there's got to be some way to harness the sun, pull it into those dark corners. And so I would invest in technology that gave you the actual sunlight within your house. It's oh. not just like outside. It's literally just pulling the sun into the house. And if not, you know, if I have a little bit of money left over, I have a real passion for quiet vacuum cleaners. Um, (laughs) I really hate those ones that have a quiet button. I think they should be quiet all the time. And so really, it's just, you know, retrofitting those vacuums to make them just quiet all the time. This is a good way in the winter to make yourself and your pets happier, because when the sunlight's in there, you're probably feeling better. When the vacuums are quiet, your pets are probably feeling better. I think it's overall just a huge mood booster, and I co-sign it as well. I, I give you the MacArthur Genius Grant. Oh my god, thank you so much. I've always You're wanted welcome. to be a genius, and now it's official. It's official. Well, just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe, stay genius, and uh, we'll be back with another chip check tomorrow. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The FDA announced that it will hold vaccine developers to strict guidelines for emergency use after weeks of resistance from White House officials. The new standards aim to ensure that any approved vaccine is shown to be safe and effective for use by the public. One provision blocks developers from getting approval on their drugs until two months from the date that clinical trial participants receive their final dose. That was formerly a huge point of contention for the Trump administration, which was way too eager to get a vaccine out before the election. Though the White House might consider the FDA's guidelines to be strict, 60 of the country's top doctors and public health researchers signed a letter yesterday asking the FDA to implement even tougher standards. With November 3rd less than a month away, wow, uh, the United States Election Project says that more than 4 million people across the country have already sent in their ballots. That's nearly 50 times the number of people who voted by this time in 2016. This year's surge was caused by the expansion of early and mail-in voting in many states, something Republicans have used every tool in their voter suppression toolbox to slow down. In Iowa, Republicans fought to invalidate over 100,000 absentee ballot requests, which would have required those voters to request a new ballot or not receive one. Luckily, a state judge ruled to block that directive on Monday, just in time for auditors to start mailing out the ballots. More vote by mail news. The state government in Michigan passed a law that will allow clerks to start processing mail ballots for 10 hours one day before the election, which might get us results just a little bit earlier. I'm going to be refreshing those maps. Uh, There's a reason why your smart speaker from Apple, Amazon, Google, or Facebook turned itself on yesterday and started faintly whimpering. All four of those companies were accused of using monopoly-style tactics in a new House report, which also called for a sweeping new set of laws to keep them in check. Now, lawmakers don't intend to break up the companies, but they did compare them to railroad tycoons and oil barons. Fun fact, Mark Zuckerberg also got the idea for the news feed from an ancient sludge that was buried deep underground. The results of Congress's 15-month investigation will also provide fresh evidence to state and federal agencies that are also investigating these companies. Members of the House Antitrust Committee were split along party lines on whether Congress should directly intervene to restructure the companies, with Democrats supporting it and Republicans opposing. Hmm. 
Cole Haan said, enterprise communication software, but make it fashion, announcing a new sneaker line with our quarantine arch nemesis, Slack. The Slack shoes are white with a blue, green, yellow, or red sole. Those of us who live inside our computers recognize those as the colors of the Slack logo, and they trigger an involuntary full body response to slam on our keyboard and send a thousand barely relevant gifts. Part of the sell is that the shoes themselves were designed over Slack. If that appeals to you, good news, because it also applies to anything that's released in the next one to three years. The shoes come out today, so you can finally throw out your old MSN Instant Messenger branded clogs. Personally, I won't be happy until Slack isn't just my office and my shoes, but also my food, my house, and my darling husband. I'm marrying the apps. Yeah. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, comfort your smart speaker, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just books by MacArthur fellows like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and I, I love, love you, you darling, darling Slack. Slack. Love those ping sounds. <laughs> that knock brush oof, knocks me off my feet, let me tell you. Yeah, slash giffy love. <laughs> mm, beautiful. <laughs> Send that two times. Today is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Katie Long, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.